Hello, and welcome to episode 81 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. We are so glad you are listening today because we are talking about buyer personas. What I've discovered lately is that a lot of businesses do not have their ideal buyer mapped out. It surprises me because honestly, if you don't know who you're talking to, your messaging is just gonna fall flat. You really have to get specific. So before we dive into that though, let's introduce ourselves in case you're new around here. I'm Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake, also the host of this podcast. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex, I'm in charge of creative content. So we have talked a lot about ideal buyer and buyer persona before, and that was a while back. So that's why we're bringing it up again, because it's just a huge part of marketing. It really just lays the foundation. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, though, you're just dying to know all you can know. Episodes 35 and 36 are the episodes to go to. Again, we're talking about this again because it's a huge piece of step one of the digital marketing blueprint. I know we talked on our last episode about market research, but it kind of even needs, I think, to precede the market research even, because you still need to find out who you're going after, who is that ideal person of your product. So it just bears again, I can't say enough to talk about it again, to really know. And it also is good to, you know, we talked about this a long time ago, but it's good to just check in as well as, you know, your company, starts to um, grow, your audience grows, you know, your your buyer persona may shift a little bit. So it's always good to keep top of mind. So Alex, what is the difference though between ideal buyer versus buyer persona? Because I think people get those confused. Yeah, so buyer personas are are fictional generalized characters that, that represent your ideal customers. So for example, um, it is a person with a certain position. Maybe if you're looking at a B2B company, they have a certain position, uh, a, a maybe a, a type of demographic. So call it like a, a, you know, a social media manager ages 25 to 38. Um, maybe they like to do these certain things. They like uh, certain softwares within their job, et cetera. That, that would be considered a buyer persona. Um, and then an idea, an ideal buyer profile is basically a, is is multiple buyer personas stitched together to kind of like form one company. So within, say, you're marketing, trying to figure out how to market towards a specific company, that is that company and its characteristics are your buyer profile, and then all the people that you need to convince within that company are the buyer personas. So your ideal buyer profile could have multiple personas. Exactly. And that's the that's the key distinction. Right, because you're gonna be talking to different people, but you still have this one ideal type of buyer. Maybe it's defined by company size, maybe it's defined by exactly. um, to make a certain mm-hmm. revenue, and that's the type of company you wanna go after, but you might need to first interact with the the VP of sales and then the VP of marketing and then eventually the executive director. Yeah, so a great example is like, say you are a software as a service type company and you're trying to sell to another B2B type organization. You know that, so you're trying to sell a software to a B2B company, maybe $10 million is a revenue that you're looking for. These are all 
buyer profile characteristics, but then within that buyer profile, you know, you're, like you said, you're gonna have to go after probably the IT person. You're gonna have to go for the VP of something. Um, you know, those are the those separate buyer personas that you need to convince to get the buyer mm -hmm. profile to say yes. Yeah, it can be a bit tricky. And I think that, you know, nothing ever, of course, is it kind of siloed into a little box or vacuum. This totally. is a fluid process. And um, what we present here is how we run through this with our clients, both coaching clients and regular clients. Um, but of course, even within that, you we have encountered lots of variables when we go over this kind of exercise. So we're going to kind of dive into those those worksheets. And um, I know if you're listening, that will be kind of hard to visualize. That's why we do encourage you to check out the show notes. And, um, you know, we will even have a downloadable copy there for you if you want to go through this by yourself or if you want to be coached along this process. That is an option with our team as well. So Ashley, again, we have this handy worksheet. Let's quickly run through what uh, the ideal buyer profile worksheet kind of is, what questions we ask, how do we get clarity on ideal buyer? Yeah, so some of the questions we've already kind of um, hit on. So what size of a company is a good fit for, like a customer or a client? Um, which one's not a good fit? Is there like a threshold of, um, like annual revenue that maybe this company is too small and, and doesn't really make sense for our business in terms of being profitable. And this is that's a really good point to really figure that point out. I worked recently with a coaching client and she thought that her, at first, her ideal buyer profile that she was gonna go after, she's like, well, they need to at least have this revenue. And then as we continued to talk, I was like, you know what? I really, I think that your ideal client needs to have a bigger revenue than that if they're gonna afford the services to hire you. Exactly. So then we had to go back and rework that point. Mm -hmm. So again, like I said, like, this isn't like you say it once and oh, yeah. that's what's gonna go. You no. know, this is right. a process of where you're really talking this out and thinking it through. Mm -hmm. And it may be different than what you first had in mind. Right. Yeah. It, can, it can definitely be a more fluid thing than you think. It's not a one and done situation. Exactly. It's true. And so I, the next question, which hits really well on that, is how do you actually define company size um, or define some of those metrics? So is that number of employees? Is that annual revenue? Or is it number of customers or something similar? Um, so we definitely walk through that with you, because um, it's truly different for every business. Right, and especially if you maybe are in the more B2C side, and mm -hmm. um, that would change more into question of, how do you find your customer? Um, what revenue do they make it into? Are they, yeah. you know, you hate to put parameters on it, but you need to know this stuff. You need to know, well, is that mm -hmm. customer that buys from me fit maybe into the more middle class? upper middle class? Do they have more flexible income? What age are they? It's not like you're trying to exclude anybody, but every company, their product is gonna go after a certain person. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm thinking of this other coaching client we have, and it's a more of a boutique type gym, and they need their ideal buyer has to earn a certain revenue to be able to afford their services because mm -hmm. it's a very high touch personal gem. Mm -hmm. Not 
your average Planet Fitness goer is going to be able to afford this other gem. You know, they're looking for a certain person. So you really have to think through these things and what is relevant to your business. Yeah. Um, The next question that we would go over is, you know, which industry verticals are ideal and not ideal? So um, for reference, vertical versus horizontal, right? Do you have one very specific, um, like, ideal buyer audience? So... um, for example, say I make a product for teachers, um, and, and it's only beneficial for teachers to actually use, um, versus a horizontal market where um, maybe my product is helpful for teachers, but also helpful for parents. In that case, I would have multiple um, like ideal buyers. So uh, we would help you define that as well. Um, and then what use cases are ideal or not ideal for um, the buyers of your products, which is a really important one, I think, when you're um, not just defining your ideal buyer, but like going into creating messaging and and creating your marketing plan. Those can really change how you look at it. So right. So I guess go back to maybe that teacher. Um, mm-hmm. You're going after the teachers with your educational product, and the specific use case for them is so you have the actor, which is going to be that teacher, yep. and they're going to be using your product and interacting with it. Mm-hmm. So what is the system that needs to get them to kind of the goal that they need to maybe use it for their classroom? They need to educate their second graders on math. Mm -hmm. So they have your product, they're the actor. What is the process that they're going through? You know, really think through those use cases. How will they be using it in the classroom? Are they going to be printing this off Mm -hmm. and then handing it out? Is Mm -hmm. it a worksheet? Is it um, a software program that all kids will need a login to get into? So really, what is the defined steps that that actor, the teacher, is going to be using to get to the final goal of educating the children on math yeah. in second grade? So you really have to think through those steps. Like, what is that use case? Yeah, and so we actually have a client where use case is something that we're talking about really, really often because they have they're in a very horizontal industry where they make one product. It's um, they manufacture perforated tubes, mm-hmm. very simple spiral like tube with holes in it. Um, but the amount of use cases that they have for them are exponential. Um, one of their biggest, you know, industries would be filtration, right? So um, kind of walking through that step, the actor is usually like the engineer, whoever is handling the project, um, executing the implementation of that piece into their project. Mm. Um, and then the system is how, how does this piece fit into the overall goal, right? Like the tube is just a tube until you put it into like an entire process. So um, how does that work best? And then the goal is obviously to filter out, you know, whatever they're trying to filter out successfully. Um, So that's a more like, I guess, like manufacturing example, but But still um, a good, that's a great example. Yeah. So use cases we talk about often because um, every, we want to make sure we're talking directly to that engineer um, and make them feel, you know, like heard and um, speaking directly to to their problems and that we offer a solution. Um, But they're just one of many demographics that that company has. Um, so making sure you're talking directly to each one of those is really important. Right, right. So then you would go into more the buyer personas yes. after you, def- okay, defined, I, we need to talk to the engineer. This is the actor in this Correct. thing. They're the ones that are going to be mm-hmm. implementing this product in the end into their business for the yeah. use of filtration. Yeah, and I think going back to ideal buyer and kind of the worksheet, I mean, ultimately the goal is to define 
who could ben- who what would be your best customer the customer that would change your business the customer that would be the most profitable for your yes. business um, and really like honing in on that so um, you can grow and, yeah and a, an important consideration too is sometimes that that buyer persona or the ideal buyer might not be who you currently have Exactly. Or who you think it is. And I think that is kind of where that market research piece yeah. first comes into it. Is is who you think your ideal buyer actually your ideal buyer? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that can be a hard question to ask, especially if you think, well, no, my ideal buyer is this <laughs> or that. Or, um, you know, just another way to look at this, too, is maybe you have one ideal buyer that's already a client. Mm-hmm. And yes. if that is my best one, let's I want mod- more of them. Yeah, I want more of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you craft your ideal buyer off of that. that. Yeah, that's a really easy way to get there. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, and there's two more questions we usually ask. Yes, I'm sorry. Let me pull it back up. So, um, so we talk about use cases. What's ideal? What's not ideal? Um, which geographic locations are ideal? Um, are you limited to your, you know, immediate area? You may be a small business, or are you really um, have the capabilities to go like national or global or whatever? So we'll talk about geographic locations, and then finally, um, are companies that sell to business better than companies that sell to consumers? Right, pretty standard question, but you might have some crossover there. Mm-hmm. In our case of the horizontal market, educational person, you are talking to you know educators, and you're talking to the consumer, the parent. Um, so you kind of have two, two yeah. there. Um, so you really just define that. And I guess if you know I were to be consulting with that educational mm-hmm. company, I would say let's pick one or the other that we're going to go after right now mm-hmm. and let's drill down into that before we move on to messaging mm-hmm. otherwise because you're probably going to get a heck of a lot more business from educators this is their job versus parents who are just like i don't know i guess we got to print out a worksheet for our kid <laughs> you know or whatever no, you know so yeah. anyways all right so now that you have an idea of who the ideal buyer is then you drill down into the buyer personas. And like we've said, it's good to have a few of these because they um, can be very different who you're talking to and you really need to know like that messaging for that person um, goes a certain way versus messaging for you know another person. And the whole point of creating a buyer persona is because as humans in general, we respond better when marketing is specifically targeted to us. And I think I read a good example lately is just think about when you go to buy lotion. So Alex, if you were, you know, going in to buy lotion, you know, there's so many options on the shelf, but when you see one that says Dove Men. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's for me. It's for it's 100%. for a male. That's the one I'm gonna pick, you know, because it's targeted to you. And I think that's just a very broad example. Right. But I think it's yeah. a really good one because we like when we feel, oh, that one's for me. It's eliminating some steps here of me having to stand here in the aisle and just look at these and get a glazed look on my eye. Yeah. And is it fundamentally different than the the normal dove lotion other than the scent? Probably not. No. But because it spoke to me, I'm more likely to yeah. 
to pick that one. Exactly. And so that's why you need to really have your messaging down for your buyer personas. So just to kind of reiterate, they, buyer persona isn't about the prospects you could sell to. It's about your ideal customers that you want to sell to and maybe even those who are already having great success with your product. And I really think that that's an important factor too. Like um, lately when I've been working with some of our coaching clients, I'm like who, who's that ideal person that comes into your gym that you want more of? And let's start there and walk through this specific person that you already know and have in mind because that's gonna be an easier reference point to jump off. So kind of just a walk through the worksheet here, we would first go into, and this can be fluid as well. Like we said at the beginning, there isn't one box that fits all. And some of this, you know, might not be relevant, but it does help kind of craft who you're talking to. We go over personal info. So say um, we have, I don't know, let's give a name here for a product, maybe the education sure, thing. Yeah. So we have teacher, educator, Nancy. We go over her personal info information, age, her gender, her children, her marital status, her location, her income, her education. Um, all those are important because you're just kind of crafting who this person is. Because the more you can speak directly to them, the, be the better off you are going to be. Um, so, you know, you might say, okay, she's in her, you know, 30s, she's a female. She, doesn't have children, she's not married, she's located, you know, maybe even you define it by, is it a rural school district? Yeah. Is it a, a bigger school district? Mm -hmm. um, what's her income? Does she, you know, maybe have a bachelor's or maybe a master's or whatever? So you list all that stuff out. Then you go down into their professional info. So um, not only just like what their role is that they play, or you know what kind of industry they're in the education industries you know their job teacher um, but what special skills do they have you know um, are they really good you know maybe they have a master's in reading or maybe yeah. a master's in math a, I don't know specialization yeah. specialization yeah. what does their day look like what tools do they use now that's going to be very important in our education example um do they have you know computers in the classroom that they use um right. versus not mm -hmm. computers that they use do they use ipads do they have a projector um, any any of those tools um who's their boss do they manage others i mean in the role of teacher you could say they're managing 20 kids <laughs> but <laughs> how is their success measured um you know obviously in this education example a teacher is very much measured on how their students are doing. So, you know, they're going to want to, you know, have products that can help them, um, you know, a variety of kids too, you know, that are going to be at different educational levels. Um, one size does not fit all in the classroom. Uh, what do they value in their personal professional life? What's important to them when considering a project or a product or service like yours? What objections might they have? Um, you know, I think that's a huge one that you want to talk to when you're thinking about your buyer persona. Um, what drives their decision-making process? And that's probably going to go back a little bit into how their success is measured. And so you see that some of these questions just kind of build upon each other, mm -hmm. but you're kind of just really getting nitty-gritty about 
who this person is that's your ideal buyer and you know what are their goals what are their challenges so you can talk to them um, in a way that kind of is going to meet their needs and you know draw attention. So you also go through like sources of information. Where do they get their information? Because obviously you're going to be marketing your product. And so you want to, okay, are they more on Facebook? Are they more on LinkedIn? Maybe they're on neither. Maybe they're just on Google. Right. You know, these are stuff that you need to know so you can effectively target them with your message. So you know, what media they do they consume? Um, do they belong to any associations? Um, you know, that's going to be a huge thing as well because they might be in different forums, mm -hmm. which could be considered a different part of social media that we often forget about. They might be finding their information in a teacher forum or something yeah. like that. Do they attend events? Do they attend conferences? Um, where do they spend their days? What are their other type of hobbies? Um, you know, in the case of this fictional educator worksheet, you know, maybe if you are drilled down into, well, the teachers we work with are also big outdoor enthusiasts. Well, maybe your worksheets need to have little nature stuff on them as well. You know, that's going to speak to them a little bit better. What are their challenges and pain points? What are their career goals? How do they prioritize those goals? Um, you know, in the case of our teacher, do they just hope to work for 30 years and retire? Do they hope to stay in the same district, go outside? You know, like just start yeah. to think through like, what is this? Do they hope to maybe, maybe they don't want to teach elementary school. They want to be the principal. You know, really kind of lay those out on what that, you know, their, their goals are. What challenges, um, again, impact those goals? And then how could you help them with those goals? Um, I think that's a huge one as well because people, again, want to, um, they respond well to that, to being, you know, educated in how they, you could help them with their goals. Um, I think that's a huge part of things. Yeah. What questions do they ask when seeking solutions to challenges? So, and then a big one, of course, is going to be objections to the sale. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, that's a huge one to think through. And you might just simply say, like, what objections, you know, have you heard already? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, but write those down, write those down because they're important for your messaging. And you can talk about those later um, through a marketing message of, well, we often hear that it's too expensive or something. Right. We often can... hear it's too expensive, but here is the value. Exactly. Behind this. Mm -hmm. um, and then the role in the purchasing process, and that's going to be huge if you do have a lot of those buyer personas. Um, maybe, you know, in the teacher example, they're just the teacher, and so maybe they're recommending this product to the administration to buy. Um, and that's going to be a bigger investment, and then you need to also probably craft a persona for the administration, the principal, or, or whatnot um, as well. So I know that's a lot to take in and just, you know, talking. It's, it's a lot you of know, talking. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> hard to visualize that. That's why we're going to link all these resources in our show notes, including the buyer worksheet and the buyer persona worksheet. So both of these we'll have in the show notes. So you can go download them yourselves. But if you need 
help, being accountable to actually go through them. Because how often, I mean, I'm guilty. I do this all the time. I'll go download something and I never use it because I get busy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So maybe coaching is what you need. And that is why we have the Coach by 21 Handshake program. And we still have a few spots in our beta program and would love to have you join. So go to 21handshake.com slash coaching to apply. And we can walk through these worksheets together. And then yeah. you're just not out there and you downloaded another product that eventually is just going to be cluttering up your download folder. So definitely check that out. Love to help you go through your ideal buyer then buyer persona or buyer personas, depending on what your product or service is. Did you like this episode? We sure hope so. I did. <laughs> then please leave a review, share it with a friend or a co- colleague. It really does help get the word out. Until next time.